I am Ryan, you are Albert. Albert wants to do this episode to a metronome, so it's all in 4-4. The metronome wants it to happen. I'm just facilitating that. Welcome to do... Damn it. Do you be a monster? <laughs> Welcome to Don't Be an Idiom. It's the Idiom Podcast. The... It's the shrek episode as well. <laughs> I don't care. You want to do a whole episode as Shrek or about Shrek? Right, Jolly, you know it. Huh. Sure, it's big enough, but look at the location. Right. Hey, actually, speaking of that, have you seen the Shrek Dropbox uh, on... It, it's like made out of an old... Uh, no. One of those newspaper things. <laughs> no, I have no idea it's what you're It's called about. Take a Shrek, Leave a Shrek. <laughs> really? Yeah, well, people in Philadelphia know about it. It's like a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've never seen one. I, I've seen it. It's so wild. Like, this person just put up this old newspaper thing and painted it green, and it just says, take a Shrek, leave a Shrek. And there's just, it's covered from <laughs> inside, outside, all of these, like, Shrek things. Weird. It's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That sound, that's like something that should be in Alice Obscura, you know? Let's go look for it. Okay. We can broadcast well, live we should, from there. We should bring, <laughs> we should bring some Shreks to leave, though, right? Because it's take totally one. okay. Yeah, and we'll it'll be our special live Shrekisode extravaganza. Extravaganza. <laughs> and I think I have a little Shrek toy in my classroom from mm. some like old McDonald's toy. We'll go and leave it. Okay, that's fine. And then take all the rest. <laughs> Good trade. And then we'll play with those. Oh, well, I was. Well, I took a day off of work today. I needed a day off for me. Need it? No, I took out. I took off because he was sick. And just in case his boss is listening, he was sick. You know, actually, I took a pers oh, no, personal day. I took a personal day. You know what? You're not allowed to ask questions I was about that. Making some plans, like sub plans, in the <laughs> faculty lounge, and this chick's like, um, "So, why are you off tomorrow?" And I'm like, "It's a personal day." And she's like, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, you know, That's the word, insane. I was like, the word personal means I'm not going to tell you. That's Just like, this is my personal laptop that you shouldn't be looking <laughs> at. Oh, that's why she asked? <laughs> she looked over my shoulders and she's like, what are you working on? I'm like, I'm working on my sub <laughs> my plans personal tomorrow. Day. She's like, why are you taking off? Yo, it's none of your business. Dude, this, is a, this is a colleague, a peer, same level. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Like, our first of all, I don't know your first name. Second of all, last name neither. Dude, anyway. there are so many people I work with that I don't know either their first or, well, no, I, or know last her, name. I know her name. I know yeah, it's no, no. I'm just saying. Yeah, she could like. Who are these people? Asking, how was your weekend? What are you doing this weekend? <laughs> Those are... What are you, the Gestapo? How was your weekend versus what are you doing tomorrow that you're taking a personal day? Those are just very different. Oh, I know, but they are... <laughs> but they're not far off. No. Yeah, they're they're in the same... People are obsessed. They're like, are you having a better life than me? Am I... Should I be taking more off? Should I be... Should I... Should someone want to be spying on me about my personal day off? The point is, I had a day off, and I was taking a walk because it was nice outside, and a car is driving past me, and it's that song, 
You can ring my bell. Oh yeah, dude! Ring my bell. That's our that's our Bigfoot song. And I started laughing up because <sighs> laughing up, laughing up, cracking up. Yeah, because that that was a song we listened to a lot last summer, and right. it's because whenever we're hungry, we go ah, oh. you know, we pat our bellies and go my my bells are ringing. <laughs> Yeah, if you followed our monster road trip, we talked about our bells a lot. They, they're ringing if you're too stuffed or they're ringing if you're hungry. If you're hungry, yeah. But anyway, so then that song, I put that song on one day and I was like, yeah, it's perfect. It's like, (laughs) I didn't know there was a song about your bell ringing. Yeah, me neither. But I guess metaphorically hers is more about sexual stuff. Yeah, like ring my bell. Right. Mm. Yeah, not about like a middle aged guy with a paunch <laughs> being like, I'm hungry and I'm too full at the same time. <laughs> ring a ding a ding dong. <laughs> anyway, that made me think of that. Yeah. I'm going with her bell. Her bell. Speaking of hers, um, last podcast episode, I I didn't know if the word hussy was inappropriate or not. Well, you were just quoting someone else. No, I wasn't. Oh. Was I? It was you were you were playing a character, I think. <laughs> well, I don't remember that. You know, anyway, that character is who we hate, not you. I, I looked it up and because I wanted to make sure, you know, we like to do things kosher around here. Above we, bar. Above bar. <laughs> I just forget what I was saying. Oh, oh. no, you have to uh you have to write a wrong here. Yeah, well Hussey. I don't have to write a wrong anything. I'm just <laughs> Anyway, it came from, it's like a Middle English shortening of housewife. That's where hussy comes from. Mm. So, you know, because you, you feel like you use it nowadays. Well, not even nowadays, I guess, like in, well, when people use it. That was like, in 1500. It wasn't until 1650 that it meant an improper woman or girl. Yeah. Isn't it funny, though, and how so it goes like Since flips, the 17th century, that it's meant that. Yeah, but that's it's weird to go from all the way to the idea of like housewife to like an inappropriate. Like, yeah. What happened there? Right. That's like my hair's on fire or my hair is made of ice cubes. <laughs> yeah. Good comparison. Right. It is like that. I don't know how that happened. But anyway, that's and I think uh, you can say you, you know you can use it more often. I read this really great line from a Toni Morrison book called uh, Sula. And one of the characters calls the other character a snake-eyed ungrateful hussy. Oh yeah, that's is like the everyone should you be using that because sounds that, like my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> sounds like my ex-girlfriend. I swear I had one. <laughs> oh, anyway, are right, you gonna do you have anything else to add here? Um, yeah. Look at this. Oh yeah, Albert has something in his pocket that he wanted to talk oh, about wait, don't, no, don't or look, show me. I didn't see Hold anything. on, don't you're you're peering oh over God, the table. How about this? How about I peer my fist in this, your face? Huh? Look at this. It's a bottle opener. Yeah. Yeah. You know any other names for it? Um, I don't know. No. What? Nothing comes to mind. Uh, no. Okay, good. A church key. Oh. So I. As some of you may know, I volunteer sometimes at a, uh, a thrift shop, local thrift shop. They're great. And my boss, Carl, uh, he, I, I saw that he, he was like, you ever seen one of these before? I was like, oh, this is a bottle opener, right? And first of all, I didn't show you this. This is a secret. Whew, look at that. What's that for? That's for opening wine, apparently. <laughs> that seems like that would never work. No, he says you slide it. You slide the cork here and then you pulls Whoa. right out. Yeah. 
and this is a bonus. This okay. that, this yeah. is really a distraction from the main story. But he handed it to me, and he's like, church key. And I'm like, what? And I was like, it looks like a bottle opener. And he's like, yeah, but they used to call them church keys. And I was like, that is cool. Very and cool. I'm like, why? And he's like, well, it kind of looks like a you know a big key. And I was like, all right, but let me go look it up. So apparently uh, it is a real, like, nickname for mm. these types of bottle openers that yeah. have kind of a loopy look to them yeah because like franciscan monks or whatever used to use bottle openers that look like this and then, then they would put the wine down in the crypts and stuff like that Whoa. so like like yeah got your church key huh because you're gonna go drink some wine that's really cool yeah it's like a great little background yeah so i got a, some of the some of the dates and times are wrong but you get the general idea yeah i get it got it so church key and hussy we we're, we're, we're right. teaching you stuff before the show has even started officially bingo bingo was his name out <laughs> fair enough all right, it's time to the part of the show where we play games. The See, Game Master has brought a game that seems impossible. Game Master would never forget a game. <laughs> except no. Maybe every three times. game forgetting of 2021. <laughs> yeah, that was a big deal. Three in a row. Yeah, that was bad. I lost my title. That's true. But I got it back. Anyway, so what we're going to be playing today is Tricky Fingers, right? Is that what I... Tricky fingers? Tricky fingers. All right. <laughs> We're stretching it out. He has to find the game. I think it's on the table, isn't it? <laughs> Tricky fingers? All right. Is that what you said? Are you just surprised you were right? Yes. All right. <laughs> Tricky fingers. All right. So this game, no one, none of you have ever played this before or seen it <laughs> I've ever. I've never heard of it. Um, so explain it quickly though it, it's just you you get each person gets this plastic grid with colored marbles <laughs> in it and then we flip over a card with a pattern and we have to try to match it fast enough right, the first, yeah. fastest one first it looks completely impossible yeah I tried before we tried <laughs> I couldn't even get one so wait how many balls are on each side is it 20 like 50 Jesus. No, no. It's, it's probably 20. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're going to flip a card. We'll see what the pattern is. We're going to try to do this and then we'll... We'll uh, probably have to fast forward through some yeah, of this. I'm sure. All right, I stand corrected. Best game ever. Hey, once you get the hang of it. Yeah, once you really get a good pain in your back from is, leaning over the table. Is that the idiom, pain in your back? No. <laughs> no, it is not. All right, I'm going first. So I don't even know how to deliver this one because it's a one-worder. Mm -hmm. uh, have you ever thought about the origin of curfew? Curfew. No, I never thought about it. I, I just thought the I word was its own thing. Right, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, obviously... This is more of like an etymology one than a, uh, an idiom. Yeah, well, actually, I have an argument about why this is an idiom. Okay. But I'll agree with you. I'm using etymology, but yeah. I do think that it follows the pattern of idiom. Okay. All right, good. 
Because I knew you might say that. Curfew. All right. What, someone taking a shower or something? Oh, first of all, just tell everyone what the meaning is. I mean, we all know the meaning of curfew. A curfew is when you are given a specific time that you need to be back in your house or you need to be back home. That's right. Baby back ribs. Yep. It's a regulation requiring people to remain indoors between specific hours, typically at night. Whoa. There's so many noises. Well, <laughs> the snake pipes have arrived for their portion of the show. <laughs> Dude, I would love if we had like puppet snake pipes come up and be like, Hey, Ryan and Albert, what's yeah. going on? That'd be cute. No one could see them because this is like an audio thing. Right. All right. All right. So I need to tell you the my guess as to the origin of a curfew, huh? Yep. You're going to have to get creative because it's just one word. Oh, golly, golly, golly. Curfew. Curfew. So I think... In the 50s, you the know, 1950s, 1950s, it was okay. very popular to get out, you know, get out on, on Makeout Hill, right? Definitely, yeah. Look at the, watch this, you know, the <clears throat> sunset over the town, Definitely. you know, you see the, uh, you see the movie theater in the distance, right? The gas station. Right. And that's free movies. <laughs> free movies. <laughs> anyway, their parents obviously knew they were going to, you know. You know, do the <laughs> horizontal mambo. <laughs> yeah. The beast with two backs. Sure. Uh, they would give them a curfew. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very interesting because. <laughs> and, you know, what the curfew stood for was, you know, the curtain of the night Oh, right. And, you know, in a few minutes. Oh, wow. You need to get back home. Yes. Yes. All right. And so all of the parents, you know, they were like, you know, explaining. At the curve of the moon. As soon as you see the curve of the moon and the curtain of the night falls and you have a few minutes to get back home. But not so many, really. <laughs> it's pretty much now. It's like, Mom, I thought you said three hours, not three minutes. I said seconds. Anyway, I don't know. It probably has like some Latin etymology and definitely something about something. I thought you were going to go on a whole story about like one specific person that lived in this curfew town and. <laughs> you know, I'd like yeah. to see a little bit more of this world. For some reason, I, had a, I imagined a yes. monster rooster yes. that would like it would come into the night, you know, as the sun sets and like yes. squawk and stuff. Right, but it could eat you too, so you got to be back. Oh, home. totally. But it was like also inspiring or something. Like <laughs> it was like, terrifying. Yeah, okay. This is a fucking monster. It's like fifteen feet tall. Oh, oh, right. So it's a real reason why you have yeah. to be home. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, totally. I would stay home. Uh, what's the... Give it to me straight, boss. The, the, the answer is not what Ryan said. Oh. But what we're going to do is we're going to take the word curfew and we're going to break it down to its bones. <laughs> it comes from an old French and Anglo-Norman form that goes like this. Mm-hmm. Curve few or curve few. Okay. Okay? Yeah. 
Now the curve, it means to cover. And the few means, what would you want to cover? <laughs> what would you want to cover uh, at night? The pie rack. What is uh, that? Inhale of milk. <laughs> you cover your eyes so you can sleep better. <laughs> cover, cover up the ashes at night. Hey, there, we're getting somewhere. <laughs> the few is the fire. To huh. cover the fire. Yeah, yeah, that's what you want to do. Right? Yeah. At night. That's what was, that was my guess. Right. So this was a, like originally in medieval Europe. Mm -hmm. This was like a law. Like they would ring this bell at night. You, you can ring my bell. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. This podcast has a mind of its own. <laughs> uh, so... So they would ring this bell like around eight or nine o'clock at night, I guess, depending on the, the, the color of the sky. And that was a sign to cover your fires. Yeah. Um, and it was called the curfew. And then, yeah, Whoa. curfew, right? Yeah. So uh, what they were trying to do was to prevent a word called conflagration nope conflagration because that that's not as fun to say or as easy as curfew conflagration all right they're trying to prevent conflagration conflagration <laughs> do you know what that word means <laughs> i can't remember now dude i thought it was about fighting or something like conflict maybe i'm thinking right mm -hmm. but the the meaning of the word is just an extensive fire which destroys a great deal of land or property mm. it makes sense like yeah. you know they're just this is the bell that says like yo all you fucking peasants like put out your fucking fires cuz the king <laughs> yeah. does not want his hay bed engulfed in flame right whoa right yeah so conflagration they were just trying to prevent fires from to, raging at night so like, they would ring this bell and yeah. everyone had to put out their fires all right that's the first curfew so curfew comes from conflagration yeah which is no no no, not not from no it comes from core few yeah. which is uh it's to cover the fire got it got it yeah, i get yeah, it now got, got it, it. <laughs> yeah you got it so come on we've all Kinda had zoned out a couple times so. had, zoned out <laughs> This no. is a grade gold solid shot. No, no, it wasn't because of you. It's you know, just, here's the thing. having trouble focusing. I'm, no one is thinking as deeply as me. We all have used the word cur curfew in our lives so I, much. No, that, and, and that's why we do this podcast. so much to all of us. Yeah. Like, if you walked up to a person on the, on the street, right? Never seen them before in your life. And you just go, curfew. And yeah. you're like, right in their face. They're going to be like, when I was young, <laughs> I had a curfew. <laughs> and if oh I God. wasn't dumb. But you know what I'm saying? Curfew means so much to everyone. It does, man. Yeah, we've all, we've all had them. So, yeah, we've all had them. Yeah, so I'm like kind of a genius for picking curfew. Yeah, okay, well, just tell anything else. Tell, tell us more. No one's oh, I've got more. I've got more, baby. Yeah, let's hear it. Those were just the broad strokes. Mm -hmm. All right. So the first citation that was written down is from 1285. It's in this thing called the Statua Civitas Londini, mm -hmm. which means the statutes of the city of London. 
And the quote goes a little something like this. It is enjoyed that none be so hardy to be found going or wandering about the streets of the city after curfew has finished tolling at St. Martin de Grand mm. with sword or buckler or other arms for doing mischief of wherever evil suspicion might arise, nor any in any other manner unless he be a great man, of course, or other lawful person of good repute, or their certain messenger having their warrants to go from and to the other with a lantern in hand. So I just... so like You've set the scene. Here's the thing. I can see it. This is what the word kind of turned into, right? Because at first it was about covering fires. Then it became this thing like they kept doing that after it was kind of like archaic to, to ring the bell for the fires, but they kept doing it. And then it became this thing where it's like, you have to be inside at night. Mm -hmm. So like, isn't that weird? Like we, we, me and Ryan were in Anso, which is like the closest mm -hmm. thing I ever stayed in. Like it felt like something medieval, right? Yeah. I was like, we were walking around this like mini, mini like cobblestone city at night. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you don't even think about that. Like the fact that like, if you were a peasant in one of these like medieval times, like they're going to be like, ring a bell and be like, get the fuck inside. Yeah. Because they think things that are going on outside is like not good. Right. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like you're already poor and you're just, and now you got to go in at the same, yeah. same time every night. Yeah. All right. I got this other quote that comes from around 1320 and it goes like this. Then was the law in town of Rome that whether master or boy servant that after curfew be found roaming, men should seize and bind him fast and seize him till sunrise. Think about that. Oh my, that's You're way out worse after curfew, than the curfew and then they, they're just like tying you up and they're like, she had shut up, shunny. <laughs> And then it's just like, could you imagine being like, why, why? I'm just walking at night. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, <laughs> dude, curfew. See, like, and that's the other thing about curfew. We're used to there normally being no curfew, and then every once in a while they instill a curfew, like mischief night, like oh, curfew, curfew. You know what I mean? Or like, yeah, some or when there's like a like a snow or hurricane emergency, yeah. and they're like. You have to be off the road by 6 p.m. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah, or if there's a, no you know. drive into a hurricane. Or if there's a peaceful protest in the fucking city. Uh-huh. So it's like, what I'm saying is, it's like, this is this was like an all-time thing. Yeah. Oh, man. We're lucky. They're we doing don't have every curfew night, huh? all the time. But it would be probably fun to be a curfew cop. Just busting <laughs> skulls out all those Just grubs. tapping your watch. Uh, <laughs> it's time. It's time to lick. Never mind. <laughs> so there's another thing about this time of curfew. Mm -hmm. uh, there was like an old tradition that they believed that like spirits that were hanging around in the earth all day at night would come out and like roam around. That's like uh, in the uh, Fantasia. What's that called? That when, when when all the brooms start dancing. No, 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 no. <laughs> that that giant demon on that mountain. Oh, cool. Do you remember that? And as soon as the sun sets, like all of these like ghosts and ghouls come yeah. out and are like flying around until yeah. sunrise. Dude, that yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it was. Uh, 
Yeah, that was it. It was it was from sundown to sunrise, like, and that so that was like something that people believed back then. And Shakespeare himself, in the tragedy of King Lear, says this: "This is the foul fibbery gibbet. He begins at curfew and walks at first cock. He cues the well web, and the pin squints the eye and makes the hair lip." Mildews will weep, wheel. <laughs> mildews. Oh, mildews the white wheat and hurts the poor creature on earth. Mm-hmm. So, like, Shakespeare's getting in there. He always has to get a taste of the idiom. <laughs> yeah, he really brings them to the forefront of, you know, the lexicon. I was thinking about that a lot. It's like, you know, he didn't, you know, like, he, sh- he shows up a lot when you're researching idioms. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, he, rarely is creating the idioms he's just hearing that stuff and he's shoving them into his place you know he's writing language for the people you know totally and so like they gotta i'm sure they understand most of the totally but i'm saying he gets a lot of credit because he he brings that into that pop culture that that pop culture yeah he's got an ear to the streets well actually just yesterday i was teaching Macbeth. we did the passage where um uh mcduff says one fell swoop Ah, one fell swoop back from episode. I don't know, it was like five or something. Sixteen? No, way before that. Wow, that was a long time ago. Anyway, anybody want to know what a flippity gibbet is? No. Well, that would be a frivolous, <laughs> flighty, or excessively talkative person. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that that's gone out of fashion. That word. It's too many syllables. Yeah, way too many. Yeah, and. That is what the curfew is all about. But in the spirit of fire, I thought I might just throw a bonus idiom in. Okay. The word, it's another single worder, bonfire. Mm. When was the last time you thought about the meaning of the bonfire? Yeah, I don't think I have. Never? No. I feel like I've thought about it and the best I could come up with was like, Bon in French is like good, good, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, good fire. Hmm. Is that it? That was that was what I thought as a, a kid. Yeah, but you had no thoughts. That's strange. <laughs> <laughs> bon fire. Yeah, really, it's my job to have thoughts about these things. <laughs> yeah, I would think because <laughs> it's an idiom show, right? I should at least have like an opinion about. <laughs> right. Oh, an idea. You just make something up on the fly, really. Yeah, I just got nothing. That's okay. So bonfire, maybe you think the way that I thought, which in, in several languages... We, we know what you thought. ...literally means uh, fire of joy. It means fire of joy. Fire of joy. So you were right. Well, here's the thing. We found some sources. We? <laughs> <laughs> we? we found some sources. The royal we? Uh-huh. That this was, this was, uh, they were, they jumped the gun here with this, where it comes from this. There's, there's earlier citations. What is the origin? Earlier citations. (laughs) I feel like you still haven't told us. Oh, I haven't told you. Come on. All right. Well, bonfire comes from this word. Oh my God. I need, I need the, the word. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, everyone at home, <laughs> this is like taking a weirdly long amount of time, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 
it so okay here we go bonfire actually comes from bone fire bone bone fire but well because fires were used to burn people Right, no. If that's what I thought it was going to be too. It's no, they used bones to make the fire. Oh my god. You can do <laughs> there that. There is stuff written down as early as 1483 about and this thing called the Catholicon Angelicum. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it talks about this thing called a bone fire and they 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 think it comes from heathen times and they used to do this thing on St. John the Baptist Baptist feast which is like right around the summer solstice. Mm-hmm. And they here, here's a quote from, from 1403. This guy, John Merck, writes this down. In worship of St. Iohan, the people waked at home and made three manner of fires. One was clean bones and no wood, and that is called a bone fire. Cool. Another is clean wood and no bones, and that's called a wood fire. <laughs> <laughs> wood and no bones. <laughs> Um, and then the third is made of bones and wood, and it's called Saint Iohan's fire. Beautiful, but dude, they're making that makes the bonfire so much cooler. Right? That's so now every time you look at a bonfire, you should really yes. imagine just a pile of bones. Yes. Cool. And uh, okay, the, I just have this one other thing. This is from 1715. There was this custom in parts of Lincolnshire where on particular nights they made great fires in the public streets of their towns with bones of oxen and sheep, which are heaped together for some time before. And I am apt to believe that this was the custom that was continued in the memory of the burning of their dead. And hence came the original of the bone fires. That's the original? Dude, how cool is the bonfire now? I mean, it was already pretty cool. It was already cool. It didn't. It didn't need anything. But you know what? It was always something gnawing at me that mm-hmm. there was something in that name. Beautiful additional um, bonus idiom, by the way, Albert. Thanks. I just. I was. I was riding the fire wave. That's a. That's a fantastic wave to be on. <laughs> well, thanks. I have a heat-proof surfboard. Is that a joke? Well, because I'm riding the fire wave. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> it would melt. Yeah. Or no, burn or something. I get it. Is that the, you know, the phrase? Let's all cover our hands and pretend we got them <laughs> cut off in a fake accident. Is that the way the cookie crumbles? That's the way the cookie crumbles, my hand. All right, Albert's making fun of me because my hands are cold and I put them on, in my sweater a little bit. I wasn't um, making fun of you. Oh. I didn't. I actually thought that I like miss saw what was going on, and then I gave the idea to do this. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll you know we'll we'll hear you. That's the way the cookie crumbles. We'll see you back here in, in just a little bit. Enjoy your time off. I will.
<laughs> I bet it felt so good. If what? When when Elvis would do that. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> like I probably felt just like a laser beam. Dude, we have to watch that. I really want to watch that live performance. Let's just do I it. Know. Let's do it tonight. Okay. Or tomorrow. Is this the one greetings aloha from Hawaii? No, it's it's the he did like this special on CBS Network or something, and it was like his return. Return, right? Mm. Oh yeah, let's see that return. Man, do you are you ever in the car and because these days people have been cut me off so much or just not using their turn signals, mm. and you're driving along and someone does that and you just want to go postal? Oh, okay, yes. Going postal. Oh man! Wow. So, what does going postal mean? Maybe this is an Amer- only an American idiom. Hmm. I mean, I just feel like going postal is like just going berserk or going like just like popping off or going crazy. Right. To become crazed and violent, especially as the result of stress. Right. <laughs> so, where do you think this came from? I mean, okay. Don't go, go don't, for. I don't want use like, dates specific. Example. I know, but don't use this as my guess yet. But the okay. the thing that comes to my mind, obviously, first is the idea of the postal worker that just it, you know, it's like the mail never stops, <laughs> and then they just like yeah. shoot up the place. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But it can't be right. It can't be that. What do you think? I want to. I want something more. I mean, that could be your guess, though, because I think that's obviously what everyone like that's thinks. What, but that's what everyone thinks. But that doesn't take you on a journey. Mm-mm. I mean, where else could it come from if it wasn't that, though? Hmm. Oh, I know. Hmm. It's not postal. It's post-al. <laughs> and you're al. Post-al. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like big post-al. Big post out. He's like a. He's like a. Um, uh, like a homeless guy who leans on a, on a pole. <laughs> no, uh, Paul Bunyan type. Oh, Paul he's Bunyan He's like type. a like a folk legend. Yeah, post out. Big post out. He's like big post out. I'm walking down the road and I'm really really big and I sound like a toad. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, when I was upstairs, I was like. Whatever Ryan says, I know what I'm going to make my guess about. That doesn't count. But listen, it was going to be about two frogs, and I totally (laughs) abandoned that. But you just did a frog thing. (laughs) It's all coming together. So anyway, big post Al. Yeah. You know, we all look at telephone poles. Yeah. And we're like, whatever. (laughs) I need to get to my phone. Yeah, no one's, not enough people are giving telephone poles credit. Go on. Yeah, it's like, you love your fucking phone so much. Like, take a look at that telephone pole. Yeah, it's like a tree without limbs. Yeah. It's running your phone that you love. <laughs> so, yeah, so Big Post Al. Yeah. So, where do you think all those telephone posts came from? He's the one that pulls them out of the ground. And jams in new nice ones. Which is very angry uh, movement to make your body. So, the thing is, is like, you know, when Big Post Al started this job, he was, you know, he's young, like right out of college. And he was like, this is going to be like a summer job or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, and it's good exercise too. You know, so he's like, Big Post Al. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just, just like mowing down trees yeah, and like yeah. just putting big old posts in. This is fun, yeah. yeah. And uh, like, you know, like an airplane will fly by and he'll tip his hat and be like, hello, pilot. 
And uh, yeah, so anyway, you know, that gets old after like 20, 30, 40 years. Right. And one day he just couldn't post no mo. Wow. So he took two of those big old posts and started spinning in a fury like a like a like a Tasmanian devil. I can see it. Yeah, he, he whirled around and destroyed a bunch of shit and then the military obviously took him out, but yeah, right. Okay, so there was a military. I was thinking it was like, I don't know, in like the 1700s or Well, why would they put were they going to put up telephone poles that early? <laughs> no, I guess not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this All right. is like, think about this. It's probably starting. He's doing it like when, um, uh, what are the, what's it called when they're like, ah, attention, stop. This is Margaret Appleby calling from Minnesota. Stop. What are those called? <laughs> telegrams. <laughs> telegrams. He's starting at telegram time. <laughs> okay. He's putting up posts, right? Yeah. <laughs> telegram time. You know, time. like. You get like you I get a challenge decades in. I challenge anyone to tell me what year they think Telegram started. You have to be exact. I want the exact year. Seventeen hundred. <laughs> but I'd like to hear everyone's answers. I'd like to hear confident adults' answers <laughs> that even have a tiny grasp on the idea of the American timeline. <laughs> Anyway, big old po big post owl. Dude, he couldn't take it no more. Couldn't take it no more. Nope. Just had to end it. Yep. That's cool. That's really interesting. I'm glad you went in a different direction <laughs> than you know what most people think of, which is exactly what you thought of. Right. A killer postman. And thank you. That is essentially where going postal came from. <laughs> right. But I want to tell you how like why that is and how that happened. Oh, so this has got to be fairly new, right? It is fairly new. Right, okay. Yeah. See, that's, you threw me off there. You know, not fairly new. It's not your MO. Well, 1993 is the first time that it appeared in print. That sounds just right. Does it? Definitely. Yeah. 93, nothing happened until 1993. <laughs> and then it was like everyone just started throwing up and tiring all over television. I mean, I was going to say that Everything happened before 1993. Doesn't it seem like all the phrases should already exist? Yes. I'm just saying, like, this is, like, as far as things post-90 go, yeah. 90s go, it's like, yeah. it's just, it's a weird world after that. Right. Jerry Springer. Oh, Jerry Springer. So 1993, the first time it was in print was in this, um, in the St. Petersburg Times, some Florida uh, newspaper. And the quote is this. The symposium was sponsored by the U.S. Postal Service, which has seen so many outbursts that in some circles, excessive stress is known as going postal. Shit. That was on their mailer? That was... No, no. <laughs> no, it was... They were it giving was, this out at the convention? No, it was a writer for the St. Petersburg Times oh. that was writing an article about some symposium. Oh, shit. About all this violence. And he said that like they're in some of these um, circles, people refer to it as going postal. Like the U.S. He Postal Service. He was the Service. first one to put it down? Yeah. Wow. So it must have spread, It like for those who worked in the postal system, Yeah. it must have like spread amongst them. Dude, I this is great. Like I cannot wait until, you're going to tell me about like the first guy that like exploded yeah. on the floor. Oh yeah. my God. So, yes. <laughs> so um, later on in that same month, Los Angeles Times also 
publish it somewhere else. And then from there, it kind of just turned into, yeah, people just going crazy. So the stereotype itself, that kind of established between 1986 and the day of publication in 1993. So you've got this like good, good couple 13 years. yeah 13 year window to work with and within this 13 year window there were some serious homicidal situations at several post offices all around America Excellent and the first big one was Patrick Sherrill and this is the deadliest workplace shooting in US history even still even still Whoa! And this is—that's shocking. It's really shocking because there is just so many mass shootings. I guess schools don't count as a workplace. Well, although I mean, they should be a workplace for the people that work there. Yeah, and also kids. We always are like, "This is your job," and so that guy yeah. probably went to school at one point. So maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe thought like, right. Good. He's like, I kind of worked here when I was a kid. <laughs> well, so this was in Oklahoma. And basically this guy uh, walked into the post office. He worked there and he shot and killed 14 of his coworkers and injured six more. And then he shot himself in the head. Oh, so he never got to explain himself, huh? No, but he must have been, he must have hated the post office. In the that se- is, Those are some <clears throat> big yeah. numbers. So that was I, 14 people is a lot. That's a lot of people to kill. And you know, like not for nothing, but like, you know, people. You shoot someone. Like, is he, he getting? Is he getting them in the head every single time? Like, that's a lot of kills. It's a lot of kills. And then you know, you, then you gotta go and kill yourself. It's like, what the? What is that? You can start with you, right? Just start with you, right? That's great advice <laughs> to would-be killers. So that was in '86. There's a second episode in 91 and this is a weird one and i just want to say up front that this guy's an asshole so if anything sounds cool he's a piece of shit right <laughs> so his name was joseph harris and oh that is cool <laughs> no this guy's a piece of shit jh mm. but anyway he dressed up in a black ninja costume and went mm. to his former supervisor the, her house. Okay. This is a postal worker that got fired. Oh my God. He went to his former supervisor's house in a black ninja costume. Her name was Carol Ott. And he killed her with a three foot samurai sword and shot her fiance in their home. Oh my God. And the next day he went to the post office that they both, that they all worked yeah. at and he killed two employees. This was in New Jersey. Who man. That is, was he still wearing the ninja suit and the... Um, in the daytime the next day i don't think so but his lawyers said that he had told psychiatrists that he was driven by the ninja spirit to commit the crimes oh my god but he got sentenced to death get him off (laughs) i guess (laughs) oh he gets he got death he got sentenced to death and two days before his execution he died of natural causes Oh my God, that is weird. So then there was the third episode in 1991, same year, and this guy was fired, and then he came back with a sawed-off 22 caliber and killed four people. And this was in Michigan. And days be- <laughs> days before he did that, he would call his supervisors and be like, "I'm gonna kill you, and I'm gonna come in there and kill you <laughs> for days." And they were they would call the cops, and the cops were like, "Oh, we don't know what to do." Like, oh uh, yeah, your word against this. 
<laughs> right. You could come and listen to the, the Gauls. We recorded them. It's the 90s. Yeah, some um, of them are on my answering machine. <laughs> so then he showed up and yeah, he, he killed four people. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So and this uh, is something I this oof, this is good for me. Why is this good for you? I, this is an interest because these are interesting murder stories. I don't condone it. I just no, don't condone. I don't, don't know condone. about them. So in '93, I told you the window was '86 to '93. Right. In '93, there, there were two shootings that took this and took place in the same day in two different post offices in different states. Same same person though. No, no, it was two different post offices, oh, and there was unrelated a, a murdered. Yeah, that just happened to happen. Wow, on on uh, the same exact day. So obviously, like these, th- these things are coming to the news. People are like, "What is going on with the post right, office?" Right, like people are already thinking and like post postal people are crazy. Yeah, I mean, like it's because those dogs keep chasing them everywhere. <laughs> they cannot. <laughs> they cannot deal with the dogs. <laughs> Oh my God! The 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 postman on Garfield—he just seemed so miserable. Right. Well, that's the kind of guy that we're talking about. And that and Garfield was a cat. Like you usually have to worry about the dogs. Right. He's <laughs> <laughs> just a cat. Kind right. of. Like. All right. So on this day, the first one was in Michigan, and this guy Lawrence Jason killed one person and wounded a few others before killing himself. Mm. And then the other guy was Mark Hilbin from uh california and he was a former postal worker and he was fired because he was stalking another one of the employees <laughs> so then he oh ca- my god <laughs> he like whatever he what, got fired his name's philbin mark hilbin <laughs> oh okay he fatally stabbed his mother francis and then <laughs> slit the throat of her cocker spaniel oh my god he said later in court that it was her mother's day present and then that is not that is not good. Then he put on a T-shirt that said "Psycho," and then went to the post office and he opened fire at the employees <laughs> and killed one. And so he was sentenced to life in prison. Oh my god! Holy shit, dude! So, after these five very big, horrible god, incidents, could you um, it? And it just made a kind of a bad impression on the public. So you're going postal. Jesus. <laughs> so in 93, they created 85 workplace environment analysts who were supposed to help with violence prevention. And, and like, 85? Yeah. <laughs> in the <laughs> whole country. That seems like so few. <laughs> That's less than two per state. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, this was their big idea. And then, um, oh my god, that didn't do much, I don't think. Um, and then in in the year two thousand, the USPS was like, "We need to like figure this out." Let's. So they called up the National Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse, and they were like, "Hey, can you like run this report? We want to see how dangerous it is to work for the postal <laughs> service." So, and it found some interesting results. Do you want to hear them? Yes, I do. Okay. So it found that postal workers are no more likely to physically assault, sexually harass, or verbally abuse their coworkers than employees in the national workforce. Oh, whew. So <laughs> that kind of, that's a point for them that makes them look a little bit better. All right. 
they're only a third <laughs> they're only a third as likely as those in the national workforce to be victims of homicide at work to be victims right so they're less likely to be victims well because there's people that go postal there's people that also <laughs> just work there and get killed right i'm just saying they're they're less likely to be victims because they're mo more likely to be the shooters oh, yeah, that's yeah that's interesting yeah that's why yeah so um there were some negative findings as well Oh, okay let's get into it postal workers were six times more likely to believe they were in danger from other co-workers <laughs> Less like when was the last time you thought you were in danger of a from a co-worker i feel like i'm the danger yeah, I know. I sometimes I feel like people lurch out of my way when I'm walking by. And I'm like, hi, Jesus, so serious. I'm just submitting a toxic slime. What of it? This is who I am. Right. They were less likely to believe their employer would take action against violence by non-employees. They were more likely to fear being attacked at work. And they were also more likely to agree that managers and supervisors try to provoke employees to violence. Whoa! <laughs> You're making that's, me crazy. That's crazy. That's a crazy thought. Could you imagine if someone was like, "Hey, uh, Rye, real quick survey. Like, you know, uh, the, the administration here. Do you think they're trying to get you to fist fight each other?" <laughs> Yes. Yes. Actually, I do. you know what? I definitely like that would actually make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So bad right now being a teacher. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I don't want to think about it. Uh, think about what? And then in 2006, there were two other uh, big murders. So anyway, there is no chance of the the phrase going postal phasing out anytime soon i think that's gonna be really yeah. sticking with us for a while yeah i do is that i'm what yeah i'm sure it's offensive now right <laughs> to to postman yeah i just yeah like i guess you know well i'm glad you brought you that don't up hear people saying it as much anymore so my friend betsy i i uh texted her because i know that her husband worked for the usps for like 20 years or something or oh, 30 years this is great so i texted her and i said hey can you ask your husband, like, how does he feel about the phrase, like, going postal? Like, surely he must. I was like, I, I'm just assuming. Surely he must have some opinion, right? He He's one of the few people in the world whose opinion would even be remotely relevant. Precisely. Like, you yeah. can't. If you're non-post, like, no one wants to get. No one cares if you don't work for the post office. Right. So he he said like yeah it's it's used a lot and it's annoying and it's it's he's, he referred to it as a trite sarcastic expression ah trite but that being said he knew an arbitra arbitrator that won a labor case and then was killed by the former disgruntled union employee and this was in Vegas in the nineties wait so he won him the trial and then the no I like him? the other guy won the labor case and then I don't know one of them was killed whoa dude. Yeah, a disgruntled union employee. Right. So basically, don't fuck with us unions. This guy, <laughs> he's your like, friend's husband's like, don't fucking say go postal. Or, right. That being or, said, I do know you, someone. I you do might know end someone. up in three suitcases. <laughs> I am on the edge. Oh, but it was, and I am out of that game. Anyway, and you're drawing me back in. <laughs> Thanks to Betsy for answering that for me because I didn't know anyone else that ever worked for USPS. You know what? Um, my friend at work does. Paula. Oh, 
Oh. Hey, did. Hey, did. Paula. She did. <laughs> now she works at school. So why? Yeah, right. So I just want to end with a couple of fun facts. This isn't really a fun fact, but uh, one thing of a... Demon Knight from 1995 yes. is one of my favorite horror movies. Albert and I yes. grew up on that movie. And I always think about how the, you know, the uh, Wally Enfield character who's got like the curly hair. He's a post officer who just was just fired oh, right. in the movie. Yeah, right. And then he dies. But later on, the, the cop and the owner of the hotel see this chest full of guns and weapons and stuff. Right. And he he wanted to shoot up the post office that's with right. Cordelia. And he, he had the, prostitute. the letter. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's that, a going They didn't have any reference. ammo. That's why they didn't have any ammo, but there was a grenade like a right. vest or whatever. Wow. So it was And I, that's I, in I, that zone, the eighty six to ninety. Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Oh, it was a little bit after that, but I was gonna say that. It's you know, it came out nine well, the phrase became popular in ninety three. Right. And Demon Knight was only two years later, it was probably uh, right. I'm sure versions of the screenplay were like edited in 93 and 94. And that's such a, that's, that's like a visual idiom really. Like it's, you know, people. It's such a, I was like, this is such a stereotype. Well, what's but funny. For them, it was like this new kind of relevant thing. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, even now you could use that in a movie now and like people would still, they'd be like, okay, that's cheesy, but it's kind of cool that you did it. Yeah, it's yeah. cheesy. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, but, but much like, American idioms, how like if you don't, if, if you speak another language, you're from another country or whatever, and you know, they say that's like one of the hardest things for people to learn our language is yeah. that, that nuances of the words of idioms and stuff like that. That's a visual idiom, essentially. Here you go, that, going you know, postal. If you don't understand going postal in America and you see that scene, it does nothing to you. It's just yeah. like, oh, that guy just happened to have guns. Right. But no, it's specifically because of he's a mail worker exactly yeah that's classic demon <laughs> demon i just keeps cropping mm, up doesn't man. it my last fun fact is that benjamin franklin was the first postmaster general right because he created Down. the title <laughs> that's and why you know, i'm the postmaster general <laughs> never nobody i called it wait that's not a real thing we don't even have that position here i will outwit you sir <laughs> And he could have. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody was going to like, okay, okay, whatever. Call it whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a wrap. That's, uh, that's, all, that's all I got. Benny Frank doing it again. Doing it again. He'll, he'll always be. Ben Frank, Will Shakes, they'll always be coming back around. Always. Can't get rid of these guys. No. I also want to mention that we're drinking Rolling Rocks tonight. And Fucking A. Don't forget, we wrote a Rolling Rocks song. That they Rolling Rock is the Rolling Rock song. <laughs> yeah. And you can listen to it. I don't remember which episode it's at the end of. But hmm. if you want to hear a song dedicated to Rolling Rock, 75. it's no. Um, or if you work for Rolling Rock and you want to yeah. send us a case, just throw us a bone here. <laughs> throw us a bone fire. Whoosh. All right. Anyway, that's the alarm. Countdown, it's so. a countdown thing. Seven. Um, it's almost time for the monster drawing contest to be over because yeah. you know time's almost up we'll do it next weekend go Instagram. email us at don'tbeanimagemail.com tell three friends and tell them to tell, tell, 300, them to tell friends. To 300 friends and until next, next time, time don't be an idiom
Thank you.